the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Garden Angel, intercede for me. In today's meditation, our theme is the Holy Mass. And I would like to start this meditation with those words that one of the guides of the group of people who crossed over the Pyrenees when our father escaped Spain was there and he saw him celebrating the Mass and he wrote the following words. On a rock, on his knee, almost laying on the ground, a priest who comes with us has celebrated the Mass. He doesn't say the prayers as the other priests I have seen in different churches. This priest pronounces the words with clarity. You can feel that there is an echo of these words in his heart. And I can tell you that I have never attended a Mass like this one. I don't know whether this is due to the circumstances in which we are, or due to the holiness of the priest who is celebrating. End of quote. It was amazing to see our Father celebrating the Mass. All of us have in our minds probably that pictures we have seen of our Father celebrating the Mass in Santa Maria de la Pace in Rome, in the Prelatic Church, Holy Mary, Queen of Peace, when we see our Father recollected, saying the prayers of the Mass with love, with his eyes closed. Our Father used to say that when we celebrate the Mass, time should stop. And here is the first point of this meditation. It is when we realize what happens in the Mass, that we realize that we are in eternity that we are out of time, that the time should stop. When we are aware of what happens in the Mass, the consequences, we are totally, we put aside all our distractions, all the things we are doing, and we just look at the mystery of Jesus Christ giving himself over for us in Mount Calvary and celebrating his passion, death, and resurrection. There is only time travel in this world when we celebrate the Mass. The only possibility of time travel is the Mass. When we celebrate the Mass, we know that we are going back to that unique moment in history of human beings in which Jesus Christ gave his life over for all of us in the cross. 
and we are there through the mass, which is like a window on history, we move from 2020 to the year 33 and not Domini, and we are there in the outside, in the outskirts of Jerusalem, in Mount Calvary, and we are in front of Jesus Christ dying in the cross. And we are there with Mary, with the holy women who accompanied the Lord, with St. John, who was there at the foot of the cross. This is exactly what happens when we are attending Mass. When we are aware of this, when we are souls of faith, people who really believe that this is what happens in the Mass, then time stops. That was San Jose Maria's feeling. When we still read the Mass, you know, all the time should stop running. Because we are stepping in eternity, in the mystery of the passion, death, and resurrection of the Lord. So let us ask our Lord for faith. Faith in what happens in the Mass. Let us ask our Lord to increase our faith. Lord, I believe that this is what happens when I attend Mass. Increase my faith to really attend the Mass according to that believing. Because when we really believe and when we are really aware of what happens there, then the way we attend Mass or the way we celebrate the Mass is totally, it changes. Again, we can only love what we know. And we know through faith what happens in the Mass. Let us ask our Lord to increase always this faith. Let us ask our Lord to learn to deepen our understanding of what happens in the Mass so that we can love our Lord more. In the Mass we celebrate every day or in the Mass we attend every day. In the Mass we do, we celebrate the memorial, the Passion, Death and Resurrection. It is a memorial. So you, it's not just that you recall or you remember something that happened in the past. It's memorial. No, it's memorial. It happens. We are there. Remembrance is something you recall from the past. It's a memory you have in the past and that happened and that was nice. So you remember that because it's worth remembering it. But that's it. That's remembrance. You know? When we remember what people did in the First World War, you know, and our soldiers went there and they defended, you know, our country, etc. And we recall those heroes who died in the war and that was great because they died for the country, etc. And we recall that. It is important. It's nice. We admire these people and we remember every year what these guys did. That's remembrance. In the Mass, <clears throat> what we celebrate is the memorial. So that event we are recalling happens. That's the big difference between memorial and remembrance. So when we are attending Mass in that oratory, in that Mass celebrated by that, by that priest, that day when you are feeling asleep, that day when you have a lot of things to do and maybe you are a bit distracted, let us keep this in mind. I am attending the Paschal Mystery of Jesus Christ, the mystery of His Passion, Death and Resurrection in Mount Calvary. Let us ask our Lord faith, faith and love. In the Mass, at the very beginning, there is this um, <clears throat> moment 
in which we prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. And there is a pause there. A pause to tell the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Lord, I'm sorry for my lack of love. Lord, I'm sorry for my pride. Lord, I'm sorry for my laziness. Lord, I'm sorry. And I'm not worthy of being here attending Mass. I don't deserve this gift of yours. Lord, I'm sorry. Give me your grace to be prepared to really appreciate what is going to happen here and to open my heart to receive the, you know, and to participate in this celebration, this mystery with the biggest love I am capable of. And we go through those prayers. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have really sinned in my thoughts and in my words for my fault, my fault, my grievous fault. And then we see these things. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We apologize to God the Father for the times we haven't been good sons. We apologize to the Lord because he has given his life over for us in the cross. And we haven't responded to him always as we were supposed to. With that love a hundred percent, with that generosity. And we apologize to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is carving within us the image of Jesus Christ. And many times we don't follow his promptings. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on me. Christ, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. The action of the Trinity is there in the Mass from the very beginning, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. May Almighty God forgive us our sins. May, may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. We ask God the Father to have mercy on us. We ask Jesus to give us the forgiveness of sins through the sacrament of his passion, death, and resurrection. And we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us to eternal life. The best way to grow in eternal life in our daily life is attending Mass. In the Mass, we receive sanctifying grace, as we do like in the other sacraments. Plus, in the Mass, we receive the author of sanctifying grace. The Mass, so to speak, is bigger than the other sacraments. The Mass is the, the summit of all the sacraments. Everything flows from the Mass and everything flows back to God in the Mass. As St. John Paul II explaining that document, Ecclesia de Eucharistia. Everything flows from the Mass, because from the Mass and from the sacrament of the Passion, Death and Resurrection of the Lord, sanctifying grace comes to us. And all the graces we need come from that sacrament, from that action of the Lord in Mount Calvary. And everything flows back to the Mass, because each one of us, with God's grace, we can reach God in His Passion, Death and Resurrection. Because the Lord introduces us in His mystery. We try to identify ourselves with Christ. This happens in the Mass. This happens with the grace that we get from the Mass and we are, you know, so to speak, sent back to the Mass 
in which we are transformed into Christ, when we receive the merits of his passion, death, and resurrection, and when we receive the author of sanctifying grace in our hearts, when we receive him in communion. So the Mass is about something great, something <clears throat> spectacular. That's why we need faith. Lord, give me faith. And that's why we see saints celebrating the Mass as our Father did in that difficult moment, crossing over the Pyrenees. Lord, increase my faith. Then, after those introductory rites, we stepped into the table of the word. St. John Paul II explained in that apostolic exhortation, Mane Noviscum Domina, he explained there that in the Mass there are two tables. The table of the word and the table of the Eucharist. The table of the word is the readings. That first reading, responsorial psalm, second reading and feast days, and the gospel with the homily. That would be the table of the word. In that table we receive Christ as we receive him underneath the species, sacramental species, in the table of the Eucharist. It's not that we read something interesting and it's nice to read the Bible in the Mass. No, we receive Christ. It is very important to draw lots of fruit from these readings because in the readings of the Mass every day, the Lord wants to tell us something. And let us pick out just readings from one day, just a random day, May the 8th, 2020, in the first reading, <clears throat> Friday of the fourth week of Easter, we read that line in the first reading when one of the apostles in his preaching says that God raised Christ from the dead. And for many days, the Lord appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. So in the preaching of the apostles, they, they are telling us at the very beginning, the Lord appeared to them many times. You know, this is what, what we read in the Acts of the Apostles. God raised him from the dead and for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. The Lord appeared to the apostles many days. He appeared to them for many days. We don't have records of all those apparitions of the Lord to the apostles in the, in the New Testament. We have just a few ones. But how beautiful it is to realize that the Lord, after having died and risen from the dead, he appears to those whom he loves, to those he has chosen to send them out to preach the gospel to the whole of creation. The Lord takes care of all of them. The Lord is always there with them. The Lord is giving to them the strength. The Lord is giving to them words of courage, words of you know, hope. That's why the apostles went out everywhere and preached the gospel to the whole of creation. Because the Lord appeared to them. The Lord takes care of us. We cannot think that we are doing things here on our own and we are trying to do the evangelization and to carry out the church and to carry out the work just in our own, with our grace and with our experience. No. It is the Lord who gives us the support we need. The Lord appeared to them many days because the Lord loves us. The Lord seeks us out. This is a truth on which we have meditated 
Very often, the Lord seeks us out. Why? Because he loves us a great deal. This is what we see in this reading. Well, and this is something, you know, when we go through the readings in the Mass, we get hit. But these lines, we get hit in our hearts for these things. And how important it is to write down maybe a line, a line that, you know, hit us in the, in the readings. Or, so let us ask our Lord to listen to his word in the readings with that interest, with that love. Because the Lord wants to communicate himself to us in these readings, as he does in the table of the Eucharist. Then in the responsorial psalm, that's that day, you will re we will repeat, you are my son, this day I have begotten you. This is taken from Psalm 2, as we know very well. And, <clears throat> well, that's the psalm of divine filiation. That's the psalm which reminds us of the fact that we belong to him. We belong to God. And God loves us as children. That's why the Lord appeared many days to, to his beloved ones. Because Lord, the Lord loves us with the love of a father, with the love of a mother, with the love of a friend. All those things are there in Jesus' heart. We are children and we receive God's love. Well, that's what the Lord is telling us in that responsorial psalm. And then in this gospel... <clears throat> We see that beautiful, we read that beautiful line. Jesus said to, to him, to Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's very important. Thomas, asking questions to the Lord, heard that I am the way, the truth and the life. Do we want life, eternal life? We need Christ. Do we know do we want to know the truth? We need Christ. Do we want to know what's the path I have to follow? The answer is Christ. The Lord is everything. No one comes to the Father except through me. We cannot expect to reach holiness, to be united to God, etc. Unless we go through the sacred humanity of the Lord. How important this is. And this is what the Lord tells us. In the readings of that day, we have picked out just randomly. But every day, the Lord has a message to tell us. The Lord has a light. The Holy Spirit has a light which wants to prompt in our hearts to enlighten our day. It is so beautiful to, to see that our Father used to write, to write down these ideas. That when he went through the liturgy of the hours, saying the Psalms. Or our father wrote down this idea, this idea from the gospel of the mass this day to help him to have presence of God throughout the day, to have that line as an inspiration. Well, because this is what happens in the table of the word in the mass. We receive Jesus Christ. It is not that we read the readings because it's a nice thing to do to read a part of the Bible during the mass. No, it is that God comes to us through those readings and we need to read and to listen to those readings with an open heart so that we can receive Jesus Christ. So let us ask our Lord to help us to take advantage of the readings during the Mass. After the <clears throat> homily, the universal prayer, etc., we go to the second table, the table of the Eucharist. That table in which the Lord is going to die for us and is going to raise from the dead and is going to, you know, bring up 
back to God, our nature. He's going to redeem us. He's going to set us free from sin. And how important it is in this table of the Eucharist to put our hearts on the altar. Our Father taught us to place you know, in the pattern and in the chalice when the priest presents the offerings, our Father taught us to put there our hearts with all our life, with our works, with our intentions, the people we love, all our lives, our everyday lives there in the pattern and in the chalice. Why? Because when the Lord comes down in the consecration and dies for us, he can get our lives and transform them totally. How is it possible that I can have a constant dialogue with the Lord throughout the day? How is it possible that I can sanctify myself through my professional work? How is it possible that I can talk to my friends and see that my apostolic work is efficient, is fruitful, and it bears fruit in the lives of other people? How is that possible? It is possible through the grace which comes to our lives through the Mass when we place our lives there on the altar. The Mass is the most important thing and the biggest thing we can do in our lives, our Father used to say. It's the most important thing. That's it. Everything happens there. So, what's my attitude during this presentation of the offerings? Do I place there my day? Do I place there all my activities, everything I'm going to do for the Lord? It's important. We cannot be there just distracted. Or... Then, <clears throat> of course, in that table of the Eucharist, the important, most important section of that is the Eucharistic prayer, as we know very well. In the Eucharistic prayer, all of them, there is a narrative of the passion of the Lord, okay, and with the words of the consecration. So we go through the narrative of the passion, a brief summary of the narrative of the passion, with the words of the consecration, the words the Lord pronounced during the Last Supper. Okay, that's part of the anamnesis. The anamnesis is that moment when, <clears throat> you know, we do this memorial. It's not just remembrance, as we know very well, it's memorial. So the anamnesis is that. For instance, the anamnesis in one of the Eucharistic prayers goes as follows, quote, Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. That's the anamnesis in the second Eucharistic prayer, if I remember properly. And that goes after the narrative of the Passion with the words of the consecration. With the consecration. So what we are celebrating is you know, the memorial of his death and resurrection. Which is not, we are not just remembering it. We are there in front of the moment when that happened. It is not, let us put it this way as we know very well. It is not that the Lord dies every day in the Mass. Anytime you celebrate the Mass, the Lord dies, etc. No. In every Mass we celebrate, we go back to that moment in Calvary. Okay, so narrative of the Passion with the words of the consecration. Then the anamnesis. Then <clears throat> there is the epiclesy of communion. 
in all the Eucharistic prayers, there is that short prayer about the unity of all of us in the Church, in the Eucharist. For instance, the one in the Second Eucharistic prayer is, quote, humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. St. John Paul II wrote in the Ecclesia de Eucharistia that the Church makes the Eucharist and the Eucharist makes the Church. Okay, this is something interesting. The Church builds the Eucharist, makes the Eucharist, and the Eucharist makes, builds up the Church. This is what happens in the Epiclesis of Communion. Humbly, we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. It is by participating in the blood of Christ, in the body and the blood of Christ, in the Eucharist, that we are gathered together into one by the Holy Spirit. That's the, the moment in which the Church is made. Important moment, important segment in the Eucharistic prayer, Epiclesy of Communion. Then in every Eucharistic prayer, there is a section with intercessions, and we pray for the living and the dead. Okay, so this is a very important moment. The most important prayer we can offer up to God to intercede for the dead, for instance, for the living, is the Mass. So if you are praying for people to take steps in their spiritual life, the best moment you can pray for people is the Holy Mass. If you are praying for the dead, someone who passed away, etc., the best prayer you can offer up to her is the Mass. Because in the Mass we pray for all these people, not for just one, but for all of them. And of course we can personalize in different moments, in different uh, Mass for the dead, etc. But the power of the, our power as a people who intercede <laughs> is in the Mass. It is through the Mass that we intercede for people in the most um, efficient way, so to speak. So how important it is to bring up all the names of the people we love, all the names of the people we are in touch with to the Mass somehow. Intercessions. Then there is the doxology. At the end of the Eucharistic prayer, there is always this <clears throat> prayer to the Holy Trinity. which can help us to praise the Holy Trinity for all the things that had happened in the Mass. Okay, when we say, through Him, and with Him, and in Him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Santoxoli, which means a prayer to praise the Holy Trinity. Because the sacrifice of the Lord in the cross is... The, as an action which is made by the, by the Trinity. And as San Jose Maria says in one of his homilies, the Mass is not a human action. It's an action made, done by the Trinity. So important moment at the end of the Christian prayer, this doxology. And then, of course, we move on to the communion rite. We start with our Father. We pray for peace. And we ask the Lord to deliver us from every evil, and then we receive the ring communion. That moment when the person who loves us the most in the world comes down to our hearts. 
community is that. The person who loves me the most in this world comes to me and stays with me for 15 minutes in my heart. 10 minutes, whatever it is. I don't know exactly. But, you know, the Lord comes down, stays with us. Because he loves us. Because he is gone, but he is, stays with us forever and ever. Only to meditate only on these things, the reality of the fact that Jesus is there with us in communion, that would be enough for us to feel infinitely loved by this God who is close to us and loves us a great deal. Sometimes we think that, well, I don't see uh, God's proofs of love or I don't feel exactly loved by God. Well, let us meditate more on this reality. Every day in communion, the person who loves me the most in the world comes down to stay with me deep down in my heart. If that is not love, you tell me what it is. That's amazing. The disciples on the road to Emmaus realized that this man was special, this man was great, this man brought up their hope when they were totally discouraged. That man was able to bring them back that joy, that cheerfulness. So they said, stay with us. Well, and Mary Magdalene took hold of Jesus' feet. Well, our moment to tell the Lord not to leave us alone again, you know, is that moment when we receive healing communion. Lord, stay with me. Lord, I want to take hold of your feet. I don't want to go anymore. I don't want to let you go anymore. I want to hold on you and I want you to be with me forever and ever. That's what we are supposed to do in our Thanksgiving. To realize that there's a moment of communion with the beloved one, with the love of our lives. Well, let us ask our Lord to increase our faith, our hope, our love. And of course, let us ask our Lady to help us to be at the foot of the cross in every single Mass as she was with that love, which was infinite with that uh, attitude of co-redeemer. Let us ask our Lady to learn from her to deepen our understanding and our love for her son in the Holy Mass. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Garden Angel, intercede for me.